You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Well, I think Tucker Carlson has, has broken the internet. Um, this is a special report that we're doing tonight. I want to thank you so much for tuning in on this 2-8-2024 edition. It's late at night for the East Coast. Uh, we're talking about, you know, late midnight hours here. But um, we, we really felt like we were meant to go live tonight on this broadcast because this is breaking news. Um, you know, journalist Tucker Carlson has effectively gone around the industry gatekeepers in the tune of millions Millions of people around the world via the X platform, Tucker Carlson's website, Rumble, and other free speech platforms have have now done something historic here, which we did not see. We didn't have this capability in 2016 or 2020. Something has essentially shifted, and what shifted is the gatekeepers are now out of the way. Uh, Free speech platforms have developed, and by the way, we just launched our free speech platform, which is our new app on the app stores, which you can find under Todd Coconut Ministries. And we're going to make it so even those that don't want to use the typical app stores can still download this on their device. We're working on that, so stay tuned. And so uh, this is this is a game changer on so many levels. But tonight's interview is, is a bigger game changer, way, way bigger game changer. This is something that I believe we're not going back from this, friends. And I want you to understand the severity and the consequence of this interview because essentially what Tucker Carlson has effectively done has he has thrown a grenade into the mainstream corporate media narrative about what's been going on in Ukraine. Now, what I love about this interview, and I'm not a Russian stooge. I know they're going to try to put out, you know, that all the conservative uh, voices out here and the, and the Christian voices, oh, you know, they're just stooges for Russia. no. We're actually critical thinkers that have researched and really know what's going on. And we've been saying this. I mean, if if you've been with me for a while, we've been saying this since the beginning. Because I already knew what happened in 2014 with the uh, Orange Revolution and Soros money and uh, all the money laundering that was going on in Ukraine, all the prid quo pro and everything that's been happening over there. Not to mention they were already in a civil war for quite some time. And uh, there was ethnic Russians that were part of Ukraine that didn't want to be part of Ukraine. And so Putin has been having to deal with all this. Now, I'm not an apologist for Putin. I know Putin is not necessarily the greatest guy. Okay, we have friends, actually, that, that knew Putin. And, and they said, you know, look, he's ex-KGB. You know, he's definitely not an easy guy. Don't, don't look at him as a good guy. But I, I think that that being said, Russia has a country that is following christianity more than america right now and i hate to say that i hate to say that but i have friends that live in russia and they've told me todd it's clean uh there's more law and order there now than we've seen and i'm not saying it's always been like this you know when the soviet union fell there was a a lot of oligarchs and and mafia and things like that that were running a lot of the country Uh, so there was a period there where there was chaos and there was a lot of different crimes and different things like that but a lot of that has been cleaned up, and the society is is actually prospering. I mean, Vladimir Putin said in his interview that his economy is basically doing better than any other European economy. That they're growing despite the sense, uh, you know, the sanctions and and all that the the West has tried to impose on them, mainly the United States, with the economic sanctions. So 
Russia has effectively been able to get around U.S. sanctions and the SWIFT system and all the different uh, things that they've tried to implement against Russia. And not only that, but they've also had a pretty substantial military victory so far in the campaign in Ukraine. I mean, a lot of people think Russia has been hurt so badly. Russia has only brought forth its like older you know, troops and, and, and equipment. I mean, yes, they've had a, a loss of life, but you got to understand on the side of Ukraine, it's like 500,000. I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of the military aged men in the country are gone and a lot of them have died. And so, and a lot of these folks don't want to fight in this war. They're literally being forced at this point at the hand of the Ukrainian government. Meanwhile, uh, people are talking about the fact that Zelensky, uh, I know he has a house in Florida and he has another house somewhere else in the world in a tropical place. I forget where it is. Uh, and, and there's talk that he's going to flee. In fact, I think he's got a, a home out there in uh, Dubai, you know? And so uh, I think that the powers that be know that the, this is not going as they wanted it to. They thought that they had, uh, the way they were selling it to the American public and to the Congress and everything is that this is a way to fight Russia over there instead of over here and all this nonsense. And, you know, we're, we're going to be whittling down their forces. But Russia has uh, sophisticated military equipment that they haven't even utilized yet, including uh, a lot of their fifth generation uh, equipment. And so um, I, I really don't think uh, Putin is too worried when it comes to his military losing. I think he feels pretty strong. He also knows that uh, he's got a pretty good uh, future ahead as far as, um, you know, the ethnic Russians and those people are going to support him. And he doesn't think that the West has the stick dudedness or the tenacity to continue this going because he knows that the folks don't really want this war. And why would we? We just got out of the longest war in U.S. history where, by the way, the Biden administration, when they pulled out, it was a botched pullout where we left billions of dollars of equipment. Some of that equipment has made its way. I don't know how, but think about this. It's made its way into the uh, theater of war over in the Middle East right now. So you're seeing some of that equipment that was left in Afghanistan making its way over to the Middle East and, and now is being used against our allies. So it's, it's almost unbelievable to think about what's happened in just these four years that Biden has been... Uh, I guess the president, I mean, if you want to call him that, uh, on the same day where um, apparently his special counsel has let him off the hook, which is amazing because uh, if Trump was doing the exact same things, how many think that it would have been the same justice, uh, quote, unquote, justice that we heard about today where, where they're even saying, and I think this is the beginning of something here. That's why I wanted to have this special report tonight because there's a couple of big, big news items that you got to, we got to talk about. Number one, is it, it sure seems to me like they're now building a case to get Biden out of the way. And this has been something that many people at the high levels uh, that I've spoke to have, have felt that they were not going to see they They've got to be careful here because Biden is actually um, a good, uh, because he doesn't really have a lot of um, people that hate him and the Democrat side, even though he's, you know, doesn't really talk well and, you know, he, he's, he's kind of a middle of the road as far as the Democrats go. You know, not, not as far as the Republicans. I mean, we think he's senile, and we actually feel like it's elder abuse. I actually feel bad for the guy. But on the, on the, on the Democrat side, you know, the Kennedy Democrats, the, the more blue dog de Democrats and everything, they don't really hate Biden. They, they, they look at Biden as more of a middle of the road kind of guy. And they do not like some of the more radical candidates. So for the Democrat Party, he's actually been, because, you know, he's, he's just a puppet, so... Uh, it's been a good way for the Obama administration and those holdovers to kind of run this administration behind the scenes while having a front man that isn't, you know, uh, super polarizing for 
some of the middle of the road Democrats, if that makes sense. So, you know, if they were to bring forth another radical, you know, like an Ocasio-Cortez type or something, you know, that, that would that would actually cause independence and a lot of the blue dogs and, and more of the Kennedy-type Democrats to, to flee, which I think is happening anyways because uh, I heard Dave, David Axelrod on CNN, which I don't watch CNN, I saw the clip of it, but, but he was talking about how uh, it's actually been a real good move that Governor Abbott from, from Texas, he's been sending, you know, he's been busing these illegal immigrants since they, you know, are legally coming over in the droves. He's busing them to these sanctuary cities. And essentially, these sanctuary cities are on fire. I mean, you got New York PD uh, being assaulted by these migrants. You have cities that are in total disarray, crime through the roof. I mean, just a mess. Kind of looks similar to what Europe look like when they were having the Arab Spring and all those migrants that were coming over in the droves. And by the way, this is all part of social engineering. I think you know that. So that's why the border is wide open. It's part of their strategy. It's part of the globalist agenda, weaken the United States. And of course, and so so Vladimir Putin, back to Vladimir Putin, in this interview, he's he's basically dropping truth bomb after truth bomb. He's talking about how, look, don't you care about your southern border? Don't you care about, you know, being in debt? What is it, thirty-four trillion dollars? Don't you care about your, your own society has major problems? Why are you focused on a war over here that you can't even win? A civil war that, you've, that you're now funding in the tune of billions of dollars with the American taxpayer having to foot this bill in the next generation. What, what is the point of this? You know, and that's what he's, 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 he's just dropping truth bomb after truth bomb. I mean, they talked about the Nord Stream pipeline, you know, and, and Tucker Carlson, I think he just did a phenomenal job. You know, he was tough. He was tough, and uh, I, I don't think that he looked weak or like he was just, you know, uh, I know Hillary Clinton's out there saying he's a puppy dog, he's a Russian stooge. Well, clearly she didn't watch the interview because he was a journalist at the, at the, at the clear sense of the word, you know, the old-fashioned journalist that asked the tough questions but, you know, was respectful but yet asked, asked tough questions. He held his own, and I think he's going to go down in history for this. Now, we got to pray for him because I know they'd like to Julian Assange him at this point, and uh, we're already hearing uh, members in the EU bureaucracy you know, trying to sanction him and, and, and figure out ways they can punish him for what he's done. Meanwhile, I think he, what he's done is noble, and I, I really believe that something has shifted today. Now, here's the thing. He's got the, the, the cabal, he's got the deep state guys in a corner now. So this is dangerous. Uh, we're going into a Super Bowl weekend here. We're going into a time where uh, it's interesting because uh, there's just, it was like Death Star Stadium or something like that. I don't know. It's a weird name out there in, uh, in, in Vegas, their stadium. Um, and then, you know, you got Usher. What's he going to usher in? Um, hopefully nothing. But I, I do think that uh, there's the potential for some type of event to happen, uh, to, to try to change the news cycle, uh, some big type of event. Whenever you have the deep state in a, in a corner with something so big like this, you know, they, they, they have to change the narrative. And this is, this is very detrimental to their plans. I mean, you got Hillary Clinton just freaking out over this. You got... Uh, you know, all, I mean, all the different puppeteers on the, on the news media, they're all, they're all freaking out over it. And why are they freaking out? They're freaking out because it, it just blew up completely so many of their narratives. I mean, here you got Putin saying, look, we're ready to end this war. Look, we tried to end this war. Well, again, the, the, the Americans don't want this war. The citizens don't want this war. Do you want this war? I don't want the war. You know, we, we want to fix infrastructure at home. We want to bring back jobs and manufacturing. We want to, uh, you know, have energy independence. We want to, we want to bolster our, our economy and, and, and jobs and, and everything. You know, uh, people are in need here. I mean, many of you are working two, three jobs uh, just to stay afloat. Inflation, 
And uh, meanwhile, we're spending all this money. And, you know, Biden gets out there. We, we talked about this on Firepower, Mario and I, this week. But, uh, you know, Biden's out there saying, well, we got to pass this bill so we can pass this bill, you know, so we can defend the border. No, Biden, that's actually not how it works. The law of the land is to defend our borders. You put your hand on a Bible and you and you swear to protect the American people as the commander in chief. The last thing you should be doing is having open borders where terrorists and military aged men, Chinese nationals and Hamas and Hezbollah and who knows who else, you know, terror cells being found in, in Colorado. Uh, and, and who even knows the half of it? I mean, it's a miracle that we're still here and that we haven't seen type, some type of major terror attack. But is that part of their plan? Is that something they want to induce? I mean, they, they talked about a cyber threat. We covered this. Uh, you know, we talked about a black swan event. We're in a very dangerous season. And I think what's happened today is that the world has changed. The world has changed because the, the old gatekeepers, you know, of Hollywood, they're done. The old gatekeepers of um, the news media, they're done. They're done. People don't want their news from CNN, MSNBC. Even Fox News. Fox News was like the controlled opposition. And when they had Tucker on there and some of these other guys, I think we, we bared with them for a while. But I think at this point, we're kind of, we're done with these guys. I don't listen to Fox. Do you listen to Fox News? Maybe you do. I mean, there's probably a couple people on there. I'm not saying they're all bad people, but I'm just saying most people are not listening to Fox anymore because we realize how they treat Donald Trump, how they, and they don't really care. They're part of the the whole the whole thing. The pharmaceutical companies are, are, are paying them and you know, so, so we don't really, you know, I don't get my news from there. A lot of you are getting your news from podcasts like this, from alternative media. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do more reporting. You know, I, I just did an interview with Sid Roth, and I will tell you, um, I, I shared something on there, and, and it was something about, you know, which hill do I want to die on? And as a preacher, I'm a pastor, and so most of what you're going to get from me is going to be to set you up spiritually for success, okay? Teachings, the Bible, um, you know, I want you to go deeper because in my view— that is the most important thing. We need the fire of God in order to make it. We're going we're gonna to need it, especially for the days and weeks and months ahead. We're going to need to be on fire for the Lord. We're going to need to be uh, firmly you know, grounded and rooted in our faith because what's coming is going to be unprecedented. And I don't mean to scare you. It's not meant to scare you. But I need to tell you the truth. I mean, uh, Vladimir Putin talked about the U.S. dollar. You know, and, and this is something that I've been uh, slowly kind of talking more and more about, but I've been sharing this for years that the dollar, that what they're doing, the policies, he said the policies make no sense. You're, you're sanctioning a country like Russia where you could have been doing business with Russia. You're, you're making enemies with China when China wants to do business. I mean, we could be having trade relations, and, and he says, hey, by the way, we have a healthy trade balance between China and, and Russia. You know, it's, it's mutually beneficial. Imagine if you got a, a guy like Donald Trump that sets up mutually beneficial, not massive trade deficits, not sending all of our manufacturing overseas. That's what Trump was doing. He was level setting and right setting the trade imbalance. So we have the federal deficit and then we have the, you know, the debt. And both of those are a major, um, you know, geopolitical problem uh, because people see America printing to infinity, QE1, QE2, QE3, all of our, all of our nonsense with our, with our monetary policy and they say, you know what, I don't know if I want to trade in the dollar anymore. The dollar is unstable. So now they're doing, I mean, Putin talked about it. He said, hey, there's a lot of uh, countries that are now buying oil with the yuan. And he said, you know, only, only a short period of time ago, you know, we were, I think it was like over 30% U.S. dollar. We did a lot of our trade in dollars. He said, now it's down to like 13% or something. I mean, a substantial difference. 
they, they are basically exiting the dollar as their denominational trading asset, you know, their, their currency. And this, this is really upending a decades-old policy of, of called the king dollar, the petrodollar, which changed during the Nixon administration when, when they changed the convertibility to gold. And before that, it was the Bretton Woods. And we still have been under the Bretton Woods, but, but they changed it during the Nixon administration where they, where they stopped uh, the, you know, the U.S. dollar being backed by gold, essentially. And so it's, it's basically been backed by oil and back, backed by our military. Well, our military is now seen as, uh, you know, there's holes in the, in the ceiling. Let's just say that. Um, you know, you have uh, technology. I think Steve Quayle was just talking about this the other day. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. I listened a little bit of his broadcast with Mike Adams. And, uh, you know, I don't listen to them on a regular basis. But, you know, I, I like Mike. I've been on his show a few times, a friend of mine. So somebody sent it to me and I listened. But I, I, I will say this. Uh, one of the things that Steve said, and I didn't listen to the whole interview, was that Russia has these um, electronic warfare device weapons, you know, these EMP devices. And I know this to be true because uh, there's been a few times where ships, both in the United States and Europe, have been dead in the water due to some type of technology, which I believe is an EMP weapon type of technology, which it essentially just completely causes our ships to have no, I mean, dead in the water. And then you add hypersonic missiles, you know, hypersonic missile technology, and all of a sudden you got a, a real serious problem. Uh, the, these, these crew, I mean, China has hypersonics, and these things will blow a carrier group right out of the water. So uh, all of a sudden our carrier group, which was one of our biggest assets militarily when we go into different parts of the world and helps us hold, uh, you know, places far away from our, our homeland, uh, you know, because we have the capability of sending so many planes and tanks and things like that in that region via these vessels. Well, now these things are sitting ducks. Uh, you got the electronic capabilities of Russia. You got the hypersonic missiles. I mean, you know, we don't have any, any uh, you know, shield to that really. And so now it's, it's a game changer. And Russia knows that. China knows that. So it's kind of like um, at this point, we're just puffing our chest and, and pretending like these things aren't real. But these things are real, friends. So you, you add that with the, with the dollar that is now weak around the world that many countries are divesting of, and you got a real problem. And then you got a guy like Tucker Carlson. Now, Tucker didn't do anything wrong. He's just reporting what's happening. He's doing what a real journalist should do. And he comes out there, and I just, I believe today was a game-changing moment because I think a lot of normies, a lot of folks that have probably been consuming a lot of Fox News and listening to the pundits and the talking heads all of a sudden realized, wow, this is a lot later than we thought. Like, you know, the U.S. dollar is becoming destabilized. Countries are divesting. You know, the BRICs are rising. Russia's doing well economically despite the sanctions. Uh, that means the U.S. sanctioning power really doesn't hold the same weight as it once did, even in the, in the Gulf War era. And so, you know, things have changed. On the, and that's basically what Putin was saying is, look, it's a changing environment. You can either get on board with this and be an America first president like President Trump, where you make good trade deals and you stay in this thing and you, and you stay ahead of it and you get competitive you know, the, he, he even mentioned the U.S. is still in a position where we, we're in a good position, but that's quickly eroding. And he, he made a, 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 you know, a kind of a comparison to the Roman Empire. He said in those times it took a while for Rome to fall, but he said now things are different. The world environment is different. Uh, countries like Indonesia emerging, you have these emerging economies, India. And he said, look, you know, the U.S. isn't number one anymore. And uh, most people don't realize that. You know, we, we kind of live in a bubble and then he started talking about how the media in the United States and in most of the Western world is controlled by the United States. And we know that Operation Mockingbird, 
And, uh, you know, the church commission showed that there's, you know, uh, intelligence community assets, for, for lack of a better word, that, that have been uh, feeding the news. I, I know that from being in Hollywood, that there was a plumb line from Hollywood to government and the same thing. And so uh, this is all metastasized, friends. And so what, what's going to happen at this point? You know, there's a lot of people that are super hopeful. And I, I am not uh, a doom and gloomer. I will tell you that. I think that there's still... My view is that if we don't get Trump in or somebody like Trump, okay, in this next election cycle, I think America's in very dangerous uh, waters. I think we're already in dangerous waters. But I think if, if Donald Trump doesn't get in or somebody in, not a Nikki Haley because she's a warmonger, she's part of the whole thing, so that would not be good at all. That would be worse than Bush, in my opinion. She's, she's no good. So I don't even know if I could vote for Nikki Haley. I mean, honestly, I mean, not people say, well, against Biden, you're not. I mean, uh, it'd be tough because it's it's like two peas in a pod. You're you're getting, you know, it's just two, two. It's the same people that are running them, basically. You know, it's the same people. So you need somebody like a Donald Trump who's willing to buck the system and who's willing. To, and and by the way, he gets in. It doesn't mean everything's going to go away. Like he's going to have to fight the whole military industrial complex and the the intelligence apparatus, and it's going to be, uh, you know, that'll only be the beginning. It's not going to be the end. It's going to be the beginning. You better have a plan. And uh, Donald Trump, I love him, but, you know, he, he gets a little prideful. Let's just be honest, right? And sometimes, you know, he, he's a little bit overconfident. So I, I just hope that he's learned these lessons. I love the guy. I think he's, you know, a good guy, and I think he's the right guy. I think he's anointed by the Lord in many ways to, to be a Cyrus-type figure, a wrecking ball. But I do think that, it's going to take the Americans stepping up, and it's going to take the church stepping up. And we have to understand, that's why on the Sid Roth episode, it's not out yet, but you'll see it soon. Uh, I said, look, which hill am I going to die on? I need to die on the hill of the gospel. I need to die on the hill of truth and righteousness and standing for the word of God. Doesn't mean I don't get political. Doesn't mean I don't speak to the mountain of politi- you know, politics. Because there's been a vacuum there, and many preachers are afraid to speak. To. We'll, we'll, trust me, we'll still. you've heard this episode, right? But what I'm saying is that's not the hill I'm going to die on, though. The, the hill that I want to die on, if I have to die on a hill, is going to be the gospel. I have no problem dying on that hill. I have no problem. See, if, if they're going to persecute me or throw me in jail for the gospel, then let it be. But I don't want to be put in jail for some clown that's in, in politics. And I'm not talking about Trump. I'm just saying in general. You know, the, the, po- the political world is a, is, a, is a swamp. I mean, Trump has told us that. And so you get too pulled in the political and you realize that there are, you know, it's like a uniparty basically, you know, so what good is it? I mean, like I said, if they put in a Haley type person or something like that, he's going to be no better either way. You know, one, one will just, you know, maybe sound a little bit better and, and they'll pretend to be conservative, but are they really? No. So that's why Trump is so disruptive because he was outside of that system, at least as, as far as we all believe, you know, and, and he, he, when he was in there, he was upending and, and disrupting this, this whole complex that's been in control, I believe, since Kennedy, his assassination, uh, maybe before that. Um, and so Kennedy tried to go against that thing. Reagan tried to go against it to some extent. Reagan was a great president. They tried to kill Reagan, if you recall. And then Donald Trump came in, and I think he was the most disruptive and was able to probably accomplish the most. Uh, but, you know, of course, what happened in 2020. And then so we've been going through this pretty much of a nightmare as far as a political nightmare uh, since then. And uh, look at how the world has changed. It's gotten much more dangerous. America is now in a very, very dangerous place. Now, is it savable? Yes. But the best way to save America is to get as many people saved for the gospel and on fire for the Lord. And ultimately, that you know, culture is downstream of the church. So you got a fired-up church that's in revival. You're going to see a nation in revival. You have, a, you have an apathetic church or a church that thinks it's business as usual, and that's not going to change anything. Nothing's going to change. 
So that's why I'm saying, like, I don't want to die on the hill of politics. That's what I mean. It's like I can fight, fight, fight in the in the carnal, in the political world. And even if I stand for, the, you know, the truth and righteousness, it, you know, unless I'm fired up, unless I'm on fire for the Lord and, and, and doing what the Bible says, pulling down the strongholds, using the tools that are offered in the word of God, like fasting and praying and repentance and all these things. It's not going to be effective. We have to. We have to choose as a church. Are we going to stand for the word of God? And so this is this is a moment in time, and that's why we're having this broadcast right now. This is a moment in time. Thing, I want you to understand things change today. Things change today because many people are now awake, and the cat is out of the bag, and the deep state is cornered, and now they're going to probably have to do something to change the cycle here, and uh, to push back because they're right now they're on the ropes. Uh, this this interview, I mean, is going to go completely viral worldwide. It already has. And it's only been out for a few hours. I mean, we're talking millions and millions of people. It absolutely is smashing the records when it comes to the nightly news, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, smashing their records. And uh, Tucker just became one of the most powerful people in the world. And he, he pray for him. Pray for him. Uh, I'm glad. I mean, I'm again, we don't, we're not here to be apologists for Putin. We're not here to say Putin is like this great guy or anything. But something has changed today because many people understand now a lot of things that they didn't understand about what was going on and what our American uh, military-industrial complex and, 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 the, and the bureaucracy here has been pushing on uh, these guys where they haven't been willing to come to the table and try to have an agreement or try to have a ceasefire or anything like that. They've basically been thumbing their nose at Russia, thinking that they're going to have military victory, and I think that many leaders in the West are realizing that's not happening. And so, you know, now we have two wars going on. We get the Middle East, and then we got this one. And uh, what's it going to look like? What's it, is it going to escalate? Are we going to go into World War III? Many people are saying we are. I think it's stoppable. I think it's at least uh, we can hold it back. The church is the buffer. We can issue the restraining order and hold back the wicked plans. But it takes us doing what the Lord says to do. You know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear their prayers and I will heal their land. And so we need to we need to take this serious, and we need to take this moment in time serious. And so, I personally, it, it, you know, and I, it's just a hunch. I'm just I'm not saying it's thus say it the Lord, but I think things have changed today, and I think that we're in new territory. And I would say, buckle up, don't be fearful, don't be fearful. What place is fear out of love? Perfect love casts out fear. No need to be fearful. You are a child of God. He's in the boat. We're in the ark. It's a different it's a different situation for us. We don't have to worry about these things. But, you know, we can still talk about them. We can be watchmen, and we can understand that God is doing something, and we, the church, are moving forward to occupy until he comes, to stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope in a future, and to die on the hill of the gospel, because that's where we're going we're gonna to plant our, our, our foundation on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. Love you guys. Bless you. We'll be back soon. <laughs>